0: A lot of times I'm asked, like, what's one of the best things I've ever done for my professional learning? And, you know, people will say, like, oh, I got onto Twitter, or I went to this conference, I saw the speaker, whatever. And I think a lot of those things have had a positive impact on me. But hands down, it is not even close. The best thing that I've ever done for my own professional learning was I started my blog. And the reason I, I say that is because the process of active reflection has really made me look back so that I can move forward. And I've often talked about this idea of 360 degree learning, that when you know you're writing a reflection that the whole world can see, you start thinking about what is the thinking that could be challenged here, and you try to address it beforehand. And I remember this quote I shared in The Innovator's Mindset by, I think his name is Clive Thompson, and it goes something like this, that Anyone can win an argument inside their head, but when you face an audience, you have to be truly convincing. And I, I love that thought of really kind of understanding through our own reflection. Not only do we become better, but the people around us become better because they benefit from our growth and development. And this is why I was so excited to have Jamie Fowler White on the podcast today. Uh, she talks so much about reflection and how to implement this into our everyday practice and how we actually build in time to our school day, not only for our staff, but our, for students to actively reflect and how that is such a crucial element of teaching. You're going to love this podcast. It is so beneficial. And I actually encourage you um, to to write, to do a podcast, to do, um, you know, a reflection after about the podcast because I know you'll take way more out of it if you take the time to reflect not just consume it but what do you create with it this is something I think I would love to see more happening you know in my own learning I'm trying to do this a lot more with what I read what I consume is actually what do I take in and how do I actually kind of create my own connections to this and Jamie has so many great ideas and thank you so much for being here I, I absolutely love this podcast I just finished recording it Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Hey everyone, this is George Cross. So, welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. I am really excited today to have Jamie Fowler White. Uh, Jamie and I have been uh, spent the last 30, 40 minutes together. We recorded another podcast. Uh, she talks a lot about reflection. Uh, not only does she talk about it, she actively models it in this process, which I, I do love. You can see the expertise in it. Uh, she also she has a book uh, out with her husband uh, that's just released. It's called The Labyrinth of Leadership, Navigating Your Way Through the Maze. And you can actually check out uh, uh, her all, her other book, Education Educator Reflection Tips, volume number one. We're going to talk about both of these. Uh, in the podcast, I have like just loved getting to know you. This has been awesome, and so I know that people listening to this are gonna love getting to know you too. So, Jamie, if you could just tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do today, and how you got there, it's a great place to start.
1: Oh, awesome! All right, um, Jamie Fowler White. Uh, I am a 25 year educator. Spent 10 years in the classroom, 10 years as an instructional coach. This is my fifth year in administration. I currently I serve as the principal of Simi Kills Elementary in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, along with that, I, I write um, books um, because it's my form of self-care along um, book number six. Um, I, my husband and I own a um, consulting company, Digital PD for You. And uh, other than that, I mean, I just... Um, other than everything. I know. I don't know, no, about, no, I don't no, know my no. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. Uh, my son is actually uh, a freshman this year. Uh, he attends Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Really? Oh really? Mount Vernon? <laughs> how far? I, I was gonna say how many stop signs away is Mount Vernon?
1: Oh it's nine <laughs> hours. a whole lot of
2: <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So, so that, so that actually, like when you're, when you're talking about kind of your experience, what I'm, I'm curious about this because uh, I had a kind of an experience with this too. When you were, okay. So when you were instructional coach, so obviously you have that skill set, that understanding of instructional coaching, but now you're a principal. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain you obviously do instructional coaching as a principal. I do. <laughs> so, so here's here's kind of the thing. Do you find that just you being a principal actually gets more buy-in to some of the suggestions you make as opposed to when you're an instructional coach? Because I've actually found when I would like work side by side with my colleagues and say, like, hey, here's some stuff, you know, to consider technology. It was like, this is kind of optional. Like they whatever. And it was like like there's a lot of pushback. But when I was a principal and not said you have to do this. It, it it was like more embraced and I felt like just kind of the notion that I, that I was the boss. Right. Even though I wasn't acting bossy, but it it was like, I'm like, I'm not really changing my approach, but my title has changed. Is what's going on here? What, what's different? Is it me? Is it my title? Like how do you, did any of that change for you? Like, or, and maybe, maybe I just sucked it. <laughs> it just sucked at what I was doing and uh, I needed to, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm feeling that. Like, uh,
1: Well, I don't know. My journey was a little different. Um, When I was an instructional coach, um, only one of those ten years did was there an administrator between me and the principal, and so um, in my role as an instructional coach, I also served as an administrator because there.
2: Okay. Oh no.
1: It wasn't an assistant principal. My principal would leave the building, leave the country because he actually left the country. I actually had to run the building. So oh, okay. for me, I was actually seen yeah,
2: as a each yeah, of those years. So
1: maybe so. Yeah, I can see. It depends on, I guess, how the uh, principal um, talks about you. Right. I guess with the teachers, um, because if Um, you're seen as equals, then uh, whatever you tell the teachers, they'll actually see it as this is something that the principal would really want us Mm. to be doing. So I would say it was not something you were doing. Mm -hmm. It was how you were perceived by the staff, and that had to come from the head. Um, Mm. um, And I would say that it it makes the most difference. Um, I have a coach and don't have an assistant principal, so right. she serves in dual roles as an administrator. And I had to make sure that my staff saw her as that. It's like we mm. are one. And so when my admin team tells you something, know that we all right. have already discussed it and this is what it's going to be, don't come and ask me. Just mm. do it. Right. Like, um, but it has to—it has to be rolled out like that because if it's not. Right. it makes your job really hard because people will be saying okay well george told me to do this but principal right. uh, matthews may not want me to do it that way um and so oh. and that uh is something you probably could think on it you know reflect on it and see
0: well, well exactly when you said about kind of seeing like seeing yourself as equals through that process when i was when i was a principal um, we actually, we had like four basic teams that led professional learning, uh, initiatives in our school. And when I say teams, every person, and I, I'm not talking just teaching staff, I'm talking, uh, custodial staff, uh, support staff. They were, they were on one of those teams. And it was like, based on our last podcast, I know, I know you'll appreciate this. It wasn't on the team that you were felt your weakest. at. It was like, what were you mo- most passionate about? What did you feel you had a gift in? Because that was easier, you know, if you're excited about it, it, it that's like a really way to develop strengths. And I, and it wasn't like, okay, so I'm the principal and here's the four teams. I was actually an equal member of one of those teams as well. And so, like I, like with input and stuff like that too. And so, when we had a conversation, so I, I think there was um, maybe an appreciation of that modeling. Because I I know that that approach has been taken Um, by other schools but it's like basically the admin team up here and then the teams like and then it's like you know there's a disassociation whereas i'm like spending time learning from the other teams and not and not being principal at the time i'm just someone who's picking stuff up trying to learn from the experts in the building and i and i think people appreciated that that i also knew when to step back and say like hey like I, why are you asking me this question this that's the that's the the gifted group in this area like that, that's who it is right so it wasn't the principal leading the way it was the experts in the building in, in and that's, what,
1: that's the way it should be yeah um and and your staff were probably happier because you actually um sh- you model for them what it looked like to be right. vulnerable and say i it's okay to not know right. i'm not the expert in everything but in the room there is an expert and so we need to use them for their gifts yeah i'm not afraid to do that i did it last week i actually had uh, my math content lead lead collaborative planning mm-hmm. um, because i had watched instruction and um and i told her, i said i need for you to model um the problem that i saw you do when i walked in um where you wrote out um, the multiples on the side and showed your children how to divide and knowing that they didn't know their multiplication facts and how right. you use addition to make that happen. And then you just show we were doing a vertical planning. I said, I need you to show every teacher how to do that right there. I
0: right love that. that. Yeah. So, so here, here's actually, I know I'm like going to out myself here. So the so the the misconception about the way that what you just said and what, the way I approached it, it's like, Oh, he put his ego aside. No, no, no. I have a very big ego. And I need, I need to like, so like the the thing is my ego thrives on doing very well. And so if I was like the all knowing, but I didn't actually know our school didn't do well, which actually would make me look bad too. So I'm like, no, this actually does feed my ego. Like, it's kind of like, do you, do you know what I like that's yes. when, when you're listening to that too, it's like a lot of people think, oh, he's just putting his ego aside and no, no, no. It's actually, it's actually very there like yeah. I need to do really well and as a principal the way I do really well is the people I serve do really well exactly. and, and so mm-hmm. so like that so like a lot of that but I think that's I, I remember talking about um there's kind of like there's uh there's a fine line between confidence arrogance and you know uh arrogance confidence and like insecurity and yes. like you want to be at that confident level insecurity mm-hmm. you tend to like pretend you know everything right and arrogance is like you know it's a a different level of that too so you listen I don't know you're like doing some like mind tricks on me like I know you're doing all this. We're, We're just having a conversation. Right, <laughs> like, you're like very focused on reflection and yeah, I'm like, like going through. Yes, <laughs> you're
1: reflecting. Yes, you're reflecting.
0: Oh, was my gift, right? I, it is your <laughs> gift. And so, hey, so I'm going to ask you. So tell us a little bit about, um, so I'm looking at Educator Reflection Tips volume number one. How many volumes are there so far released?
1: Uh, two so far. Okay, uh, so I'm working on three, yeah, so tell four. us
0: about how this like uh, what what the like you have volume number one, like how what how are the books structured? Like what is the process of those books and what are they?
1: Oh yeah. So um I'm sure you've probably figured out that I'm not uh, I don't fit into the mold.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh so I write books that you can read um one chapter at a time, any chapter, without actually starting at the beginning. Right. So, so none of the books Um, that i write do you read cover to cover you actually can look at the table of contents and say oh i need um some tips on how to get my students to engage um and so there's a tip on student engagement it -hmm. talks about the research it uh, gives reflective questions and then it gives like Action steps or next steps, tools for you to use to get your students uh, to engage or to use the research based information within the tip. Um, I talk about just teaching mathematics, what it looks like for children to productively struggle. Are you mm-hmm. saving them or do you actually allow them to think right. through um, their problems, uh, unpacking standards, um, talked about um infusing gamification uh, techniques into instruction because our children will play a game for hours and hours and hours and there's nothing tangible that they're receiving except mm-hmm. for just getting to another level and so like infusing things like that um and um i put them together into uh, some competencies so there may be an instructional competency there may be a uh, technology-based Mm competencies. And so they'll flow if you want to read the book from cover to cover, but you could essentially just read chapter five and say, Mm -hmm. this is what I need to make myself better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so so it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I write standalone chapters that are infused together into a book. Uh, And so um, both of The uh, Educator Reflection Tips books are written like that because I value educators' time. You don't have time to read like sometimes a book from cover to cover. Right. And so maybe I just need what's in Chapter 3. Then I I tell you, just read Chapter 3. Right. Get what you need, and then you can pick it up later. But uh, my books, I put 10 tips in each um, chapter, so I tell people it's like reading 10 different books in one. Um, I said, um, I would always, uh, I have like lots and lots and lots of books, but I wished that I could get more information out of one book than just having to go to all these different books to find. So those are the types of books that I write. Um, Our leadership book is the exact same.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, The
1: chapters are written by 10 different people and uh, infused together to actually make a full um, book. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, we gave people like titles, like emotional equilibrium, stress busters, um, dream catchers. Like we gave them like titles and we told them, you know, what to write about looking at the seat versus being in the seat as you, and we had a first year administrator to write about their journey and what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And, um, like that's what everybody feels like though. Right. Uh, If you're 10 years into um, that job, you can't write that chapter like you don't remember what it was like. Um, And um, we just wrote about just how it feels to be an administrator coming out of the pandemic um, uh, and put those things together. But they're all standalone chapters that you could just read just that one chapter or you could read it from cover to cover. Right. Or you could just read just that competency because I need to learn how to um, equalize my emotions, balance my emotions and and have them not affect um, the decisions that I make. Um, Am I actually managing my stress properly? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what can I do to reflect every day? Like, it's just it just depends on like where you are. Um, But I didn't want to. Uh, write books like everybody else had, Yeah. but um, our time is so precious uh, now. We're always on the go. That I wanted to write something that people could really use.
0: Yeah, there, there's actually in the the, the interesting thing about how, setting up the chapters that way is that you could probably read it one of the chapters, and then you could probably go back a year later. And read the same chapter and it'll do something different for you. Right?
2: Absolutely. So yeah. There's
0: actually, uh, I, I'm reading this book um, right now, and it, basically they, they share quotes and some thinking on it. And they shared this, I can't remember the quote, but it was uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and basically said that the reason um, sometimes people like it's good to read books over and over again is the opportunity. Um, it shows you that the book, it's not like the, the author had changed the writing. And that's why it resonated with you in a different way that time. It's you've grown, you've learned new things, and then so like people will actually um, that read the Innovator's Mindset will say, "Hey, you know, I actually um, reread it because I just became uh, an administrator. I started this new job, whatever, and it was like such a different perspective this time." But I didn't like. It's not like I updated it. It's they updated themselves, right? Which I, I love. I the, when you when we were talking before the show. Uh, and you talked about reflection it's something i'm really passionate about and i know this is going to bother you but i'm going to say because this drove me crazy and i know how much we were both into it i remember saying like you know like we need to like reflect in our practice and i remember a teacher saying i don't have time for reflection i'm like that is teaching like that is literally part of the process like if you don't make it's like saying i don't have time for learning right like that to me is part of that process so I tried to like embed this. So this is uh, in in actually um, staff professional learning. So I remember when I was an administrator, uh, one of the things that I did that my staff really appreciated, uh, we would have like a, a staff date on a Friday. And I would send an email out on a Monday and say like, hey, here's kind of the schedule for the day. Um, but from 9 to 10 o'clock, which would be the start of our day, I'm going to ask you uh, to write a blog post, just talking about something you're doing in your classroom, right? Just talk about something and at 10 o'clock we're all gonna read each other's stuff. Okay. But and this is what people loved. I said, but if you want to write that anytime before Friday, you can. Um and then I'll just see you at 10 o'clock. Right. But if you need support on doing that, we'll be in the library. You can meet us there. So I had people, I'm not even kidding. They would spend like six, seven hours of their own time like doing that. So they could sleep in for one hour on Friday. Wow, right. I love it. Right. So kind of, like, it's kind of interesting because when we were talking before, you said you have a little bit of a weird writing schedule that you like to write literally like literally in the middle of the night. And so I know some people are like that. I actually when you were telling that story, I want to tell you this. Sometimes when I was a principal, like I'd have to like go to the bathroom at like two in the morning and I would just like check my phone and email people. And like in the I, and I'd make sure it said like two a.m. and they're like, "Are you up all night?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I was just working, just to mess with people." Like I was like up like, uh, like, never, I like "No, I just had to go pee." Like that was it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I never said no, no, no. I just went to the bathroom. I was like, "Oh yeah, I was just doing some stuff," you know. They're like, "Why are you emailing me at two in the morning?" Oh, I was just working on some stuff. <laughs> no, nah, I just had to pee. So that yeah, so the. Yeah. So, like that was, um, that was one of the ways that I really tried. Cause, like you said, I, I made time for it as a leader because I, you know, like, hey, we need to reflect, but we're going to bombard you with information and then you do it on your own time. So, like, as, as a, a principal, current principal, what are, are there some ways that you kind of build in time for people to reflect, um, you know, in yours on your staff, like where they can actually like have that time for like reflection? Cause I, I feel we're just so, into collaboration that it's like, I just, can you just give me some time to process things? Like, can I just think for a second right before you ask me to contribute? Right. So like, how, how do you look at kind of building that in with your staff?
1: Uh, On uh, Sundays, um, I actually send, um, I write my memo Mm -hmm. and then I turn it into a video. Um, Within it, I actually ask my staff to reflect. We reflect on one data point. Uh, And then we reflect on um, four instructional uh, practices that we were trying to perfect. So I tell them we never shooting for perfection, but we're not there yet. Right. And so um, I try to get them to think about this is what I saw. And I use real pictures of people in the building who are doing it right. Right. And so I embed um, a picture if I see a teacher it could have been just something simple. It could have been us embedding um, some instructional, um, whatever we were teaching instruction into, like our morning message for children. Yeah. Some teachers will put some errors in there, and if they were teaching uh, punctuation, commas, whatever it was, they'll, they'll infuse that into their message. And so the children are looking for those errors. It right. could have been um, you... Um, the teacher that was doing that, that math practice where um, all of the children were, are struggling with math across the country. And so she was just using addition so that her children wouldn't feel intimidated when she told them we would divide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, because they could, they could add something right. really simple, really, really simple. It could have been a picture mm-hmm. of children working together um, and saying, are you giving children enough time to process the information that you're teaching? Or you just continuously going through your lesson thinking oh i gotta get this done i gotta finish this lesson today but children needed more time to work together to figure it out mm-hmm. um and so i infused that time um i also moved our collaborative planning to the afternoons mm-hmm. um, because when you have it during the daytime um there's a time constraint and so we started at 3 30 um, and they know that you know we're stopping at 4 30, but I found that uh most weeks they go until five. Sometimes right. they walk out the room and they still down the hall talking to each other because they're still reflecting right. on the conversations that they were having. Um, I always start with reflection questions throughout so mm-hmm. it makes you think. Um, and they, the teachers, I thought they would hate it. I was like, oh, so. So that means we're going to meet every Wednesday after school. And they love it because they get to actually see each other and see what's uh, hear what's going on across the grade levels every week. And they absolutely love st- sharing the strategies every other week. We just throw out strategies that we're using to help or I'll ask the teacher, do you have a, um, is there a problem of practice we need to talk about basically? So what are you teaching? And do you need some tips? on how to uh, get children to understand it and um, like my newest teachers it could be the OCs like we're working on on this and my children are not quite getting it and then the teachers in the other grade levels will say well have you tried this right here or that and it's one of the most powerful uh, reflective sessions I've ever seen and it was just it was just accidental because it just wasn't enough time to get it done during the day.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: my teachers like really uh love it. They started without me. If I'm still out there with children at this missile, I walked in, they're like, we already started. Mm-hmm. Um and so like like they're doing it on their own now. I love that. And yes, but
0: yeah. They the 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 thing with reflection is that. It is a it is a process of looking back, right? It is a process of looking back, but the reality of it is, it is it is the idea of looking back so you can move forward, right? Yes. And like that, 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 a lot of people think that when you kind of focus on those things, you're not actually like because obviously my passion is in innovation, and it's kind of looking through this process, looking through these things to actually kind of move forward. And the, one of the things I I really am adamant about is that we are not constantly trying to embrace the newest things all the time because i'm like we need to get good at some of the older things that we're trying to focus on and if you don't give us time to like process to kind of dig deep then you're just hitting surface level stuff right and as soon as you hit the surface level um and then we move on to the next thing we become good at nothing right and that that's a that's a really, that's a really tough process um one of the things that we try to do is really kind of build in uh, reflection into the day for our students. And I remember um, there was a teacher I worked with and just admire her. Her name's Kelly Holden. She would actually do, um, she would have like, uh, blog parties. <laughs> right. It was kind of, I don't know. Was, I just loved it. And she would actually, she would actually, um, she would actually, um, do, uh, just like, you know, I'm sure you've, I don't know if you, you call it the same thing in in, in Tennessee. Uh, we do drop everything and read. Kids get like 15, 20 minutes of time to yes. read. Which yes. Which I think is great, right? But I actually think like, hey, um, we need to actually, uh, it's not like, that's a lot of input, but where's the output, right? So we started talking about, so actually one of the things I talked about in innovators mindset was drop everything and reflect. Can we use a couple of those times where, We're actually talking about some of the things and so what kelly holden would do is she would actually have these blog parties and kids would just write about things that they're you know talking about but what i loved about this is kelly the teacher just like other teachers who would read in front of the books you read books in front of kids because it's good role modeling she would actually write in front of the kids about stuff in her own practice during class time so she would implement that as a practice So like, hey, if it's really good modeling to read in front of the kids, why is it not also good modeling to write in front of the kids? And so that was one of the ways that it was like she did it alongside of the kids, so she would actually. I know it's kind of like it's kind of like a little cheat, which I think is great. Is that instead of doing it after school, do it during school with the kids? Like that is part of the learning. So that was like one of the ways that we really kind of got students doing that is getting them to see the teacher doing that. So what are some of the ways that you're like working with students so they implement that because? Reflection is not only good for educators. It doesn't matter where you go into, like, what profession. I think it's beneficial to everything that we do. So what are some ways that, you know, maybe your students, you know, implement reflection into their, into their, you know, their, their school practice?
1: I ask them to. Um, I do uh, video announcements. So every morning um, I embed, like, pictures of things that happened the previous day, and we reflect on those. Hmm. Um, Sometimes it is a, I've done like words of month. So our word was respect. And so I'll take pictures of children actually doing those things or being responsible. Um, I embed pictures sometimes of children. I call it a student spotlight. And it's not always the children who are doing it right. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I spotlight. I spotlighted a student. About three weeks ago, um, we we're trying to learn our multiplication facts, and so I would we'll do like three-minute quizzes. And so I walked in, and all of the children who got everything right, they were like, "Oh, oh, Principal White, I got it right! I got it right! I got it right!" And so I walked over to this. Um, you know, I walked to all the children. One student, she walked up, and she was like, um, "So here's my paper, Miss White. I didn't get them all right." but I'm getting better at it. And so I'm going to work towards uh, learning all of my multiplication facts, but, but here's my paper to show you the ones that I did get right today. And um, and instead of spotlighting the students who got it 100, I actually spotlighted her. And I told the children I am spotlighting her because she knew that her paper wasn't perfect but she said she was working towards um, learning all of her multiplication facts. And that's what we all want to do. Like, we won't always get it right the first time. But I love that she um, she continues to try. And mm-hmm. so I want everybody to try this. So I want you to think about what you didn't get right yesterday, like, right? And what can right. you continue to try and work for today? Um, I also do... Um, a virtual read aloud with them, and I give them a question to reflect on as they listen to it. Um, And then as I walk throughout the hall, the children will tell me, like, you know, what they thought about the story or what the question was. Um, I'll sometimes give them an activity and say, hey, why don't you write your own uh, poem? Or um, we could all write a book together if you turn in. Everybody could write one page at a time uh just to get them to reflect. Um I'll ask the teachers to um begin their day by asking every child like on a Monday like how was their weekend? And say you may be um you never know what what happened like and so help them learn how to process like their emotions, see what happens. And when we start our day like that, like nothing trickles to the office or anything because right. We already knew what kind of day the child had. They may just need a hug this morning. Like, because you don't know what happened over the weekend. And so we try to, like, build that into, like, our daily practices. Um, I have a team that stands outside, and we literally open the car doors for the children so that we can see
2: Mm
1: -hmm. what, you know, their body language, tell them good morning. We're happy to see them. Give them a hug if that's what they need. Because you just don't know. Um, and when children tell the teachers something about what they went through, like we're reflective on how privileged we are to like have everything that we do. We do have like we just you just I tell people, you just never know. Mm. When you think you're having a bad day, just check in with your neighbor and see, what, right. see what's going on in their life. And I promise you, it, it actually will make you feel so much better about just the things that you thought were just troubling and challenging they're not because Hmm. someone else is always going through something that's a whole lot bigger
0: Um, you you know it's i i swear this is the weirdest thing i was just on i was just on tiktok like this morning and somebody posted that they said uh my mom said whenever we had problems if We got everybody to throw their problems all into the same pile, and you saw what everyone else had. You probably would take your stuff back, like, like, like I literally saw that this morning, which is weird because I'm like, did you do that TikTok? Because that's literally wasn't me. Wasn't me, but it is so
1: true.
0: So true. So you know, um, the the thing that I I think um, is really powerful and is kind of emitted in this, you know, in this this. Uh, podcast interview is uh, reflection seems to be like a very like almost like a like a selfish thing it's about you right like but it really when you go through the process it actually makes those around you better it makes you more empathetic more understanding we were talking about even before the podcast that um i'm very cognizant when that when i put stuff down when i'm doing a podcast when i'm doing writing a blog post that i'm trying to think of other perspectives because when you put it out there in the, the world uh, like I, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I, as much as I'm open to criticism, I don't want to be criticized. So I actually want to say like, okay, how am I addressing the possible issues with this too? Right. And so the thing that I appreciate about spending time with you today, I I have actually, so every time like I turn and look for you, I'm like writing down new ideas, like I'm like writing down a bunch of stuff. And so like your reflections that you're sharing that help you have made me better. And it's actually we were talking, I can't, now I can't even remember because it's all blur. We were talking about like some things have changed. Like you started being a principal during COVID. I started this podcast right before COVID and it was just meant for me to, to just like, uh you know, just share my thoughts. But then COVID happened. I'm like, kid, that's like a little too much of George's thoughts. I should start inviting other people. And I become so much better because of podcast interviews like today. Like I just so appreciate you spending time with me. I, I actually, I, I, i've known you forever this is the first time i've ever got to sit down and talk to you and i just i'm like how do i not how have we not talked before i, I don't know <laughs> you're stuck with me now too right yeah, that's yeah it. No,
1: anytime anytime you want
0: <laughs> i love it so jamie thanks so much for being on like i i, I feel it if you aren't better after this car con- people listen to this conversation i don't know what to do for you because like i feel so much better after this right so i feel I actually i'm not gonna lie i feel very validated for stuff i've been talking about too for a while so, yeah
1: thank you for having me
0: jamie i hope you have a good saturday i hope uh i know you don't watch sports as much as i do but i hope tennessee wins just because yes, yes, right? yes they're to so, win they're
1: gonna win <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey everyone thanks for being here today jamie thanks so much for your time uh, all the best to you and i look forward to talking to you again
1: absolutely thanks for having
0: me bye everybody